1 Chronicles chapter 14. Hiram, the king of Tyre, sent messages to David with cedar trees, masons, and carpenters to build him a house. David perceived that Yahweh had established him king over Israel, for his kingdom was exalted on high for his people Israel's sake. David took more wives at Jerusalem, and David became the father of more sons and daughters. These are the names of the children whom he had in Jerusalem. Shamua, Shobab, Nathan, Solomon, Epar, Elishua, Elphelet, Nogar, Nepheg, Japhia, Elishama, Be'eliada, and Eliphelet. When the Philistines heard that David was anointed the king over all Israel, all of the Philistines went up to seek David, and he heard of it, and he went out against them. Now the Philistines had come and made a raid in the valley of Rephaim. David inquired of God, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? Yahweh said to him, Go up, for I will deliver them into your hand. So they came up to Baal Perazim, and David defeated them there. David said, God has broken my enemies by my hand, like waters breaking out. Therefore they called the name of that place Baal Perazim. They left their gods there, and David gave a command, and they were burned with fire. The Philistines made another raid in the valley. David inquired again of God, and God said to him, You shall not go up after them. Turn away from them, and come on then opposite the mulberry trees. When you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the mulberry trees, then go out to battle, for God has gone out before you to strike the army of the Philistines. David did as God commanded him, and they attacked the army of the Philistines from Gibeon even to Giza. The fame of David went out into all lands, and Yahweh brought the fear of him on all the nations. So we're now starting to go into a few chapters where it describes the victories of David over all the surrounding nations. And what's interesting is the previous chapter, it described a failure. It described David's failure to bring the ark up to Jerusalem. Now I think chronologically, if we were examine the order of these events, the story that we just read happens before the, ch the chapter we we just read in the last chapter you know so like historically david defeats the philistines defeats all the nations and then he attempts to bring up the ark but in chronicles it's the other way around they've mentioned the the attempt to bring up the ark as a failure and then all the stories of david having victory so what we've got is an example of human failure trying to do what god wants but human failure but then god giving success and victory it's an example of grace now, um, unless you kind of stop to study these things and think, well, why on earth would it have been written like that? But it's an example of theology being put into place. It's an example of demonstrating that you know, we try to serve God, like David did in the last chapter. We try the best of our abilities, but we're not good enough. But God, he blesses us. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. We try to love the Lord and serve him, to the best of our hearts, we intend good and yet we fail and yet the Lord turns around and loves us and blesses us. And you see it in these examples. The stories have been told out of order because it's highlighting a point about our God. It's very, very interesting. And it's been my experience of God too, that there's times in my life when I haven't read my Bible, especially when I was younger, and I hadn't read my Bible for weeks at a time, and I was feeling really lousy. And next thing, the most wonderful things happen to me and I just realize, oh, I'm just not deserving of God's grace. He's just so good. And you just ha all you can say is, thank you, Lord. And it just makes you want to serve him and follow him all the more. 
And God, he's so interesting. He knows the beginning from the end. He knows the failures we're going to have that we haven't even had yet. So whatever blessings we get from the Lord, it's, it's not only that he gives them to us after we failed, he gives them to us before we failed because he knows what failures we're going to have. Who can understand these things? But God is so wonderful. In this chapter, it mentions he he goes to Jerusalem. He has more sons and more wives. He starts mentioning the names of all his sons. And Solomon is like the fourth son here. We get the impression that Solomon's like the firstborn of Bathsheba, but he's not. He's the fourthborn of Bathsheba. And you get the impression that this happens like straight away after he goes to Jerusalem, but it doesn't. It's like 8, 10, 12 years later. There's a whole process of time here. And um, you also notice the cultural way that this is mentioned here. Family gets mentioned first, and then military achievements gets mentioned second. And you know, in our Western culture, we often talk about our achievements first and our family second. But you go to ancient cultures or even African cultures, the first thing they always ask you is, how's your family? So that's, that's a little cultural thing sneaking in here where the family gets mentioned before the achievements. Now, just an interesting point here. In this chapter, it says that when David was made king of all Israel, the Philistines came up to attack him. Now, David had been king of one of the tribes for two whole years, and the Philistines never attacked him. But as soon as he becomes king of all Israel, the Philistines attack. Now, why is that? Why didn't they attack him when he was smaller and weaker? Which would have made a lot of sense, right? But no, they didn't attack because they thought he was on their side. (laughs) You remember back in um, Samuel that David even went down to the king of the Philistines, King Achish of Gath, and he was with him for some point. And then King Achish gave him a city, Ziklag, which was in the land of Judah, but the Philistines had kind of controlled it at that point. They gave him a city for him to live. So when David becomes the king of all Judah, from the Philistine perspective, they're allies. So they don't attack each other. David doesn't attack the Philistines either, and they don't attack him. They're allies. And um, plus, David was struggling with Israel at that point because Israel were enemies. Now, David in his mind, he wasn't really their enemy. But from Israel's mind, the king of Israel, Ishbosheth, he saw David as a threat and an enemy. And so there was this kind of like Cold War, this standoffish thing going on between King David of Judah and King Ishbosheth of Israel. But at the same time, the Philistines and Israel were enemies, and the Philistines actually occupied a lot of that land up north. And so David wasn't attacking them, but they weren't attacking him, and they were both, I guess, in the mind of the Philistines, they were both enemies of Israel. But as soon as David becomes king of all Israel, the Philistines are like, huh. <laughs> so, <laughs> you're our enemy. So they attack, and that's what it says here. As soon as David became king of all Israel, the Philistines went up against him. And so David wasn't surprised by that. He would have expected it completely. Now, I just have to say, this is like so many things here. You can read them as just stories, but they're actual theological examples teaching us stuff. What happens is in spiritual life, you know, you become a Christian, and God God gives you some things to do. You're supposed to love your neighbor. You're supposed to do a few things, but then the Lord gives you promises of what he's going to do for you. He wants to increase you. And as soon as you get increased, the devil says, huh, look what's happening with him. And the devil says, attack. (laughs) And um, it shouldn't be a surprise to you that when the Lord increases you, the resistance also increases that the devil wants to attack. Now, we have to be careful not to expect it. On one hand, we expect it, but on the other hand, we don't expect it. Now, what I'm trying to say is this. 
some people say, some people who are Christians, they say to themselves, oh, you know, the devil's going to attack. And it's almost like they've got faith for things to be so bad and so terrible. I'm, that's the type of expecting we have to avoid. We don't want to have faith for bad things. And, uh, but on the other hand, we, we're not like ignorant. So like, <laughs> you know, we, what, we, what we basically have faith for is that to realize that there are going to be times the devil's going to attack, but we're with the Lord. And just like David defeated his enemies, we're going to overcome too. So we have a faith that's really strong and we're not like so, you know, ignorant that we don't realize there aren't going to be times the devil's going to have a go. But we're not just like, it's not like a doom and gloom scenario. We just expect that, oh, the devil's going to attack. It's not like that. <laughs> so when David became the king of all Israel, he wasn't surprised. But at the same time, he said to the Lord, will we defeat them? Yes. All right. Great. We're going to win. And he goes out and he wins and he defeats them completely. And so the Philistines are just a subjugated threat. And after David's done with the Philistines, you don't hear much about them in the Bible after this. And we're supposed to have a victory over our enemies so that we don't hear much from them. The devil gets to the point where he realizes, ah, I'm going to leave that guy alone or that lady alone and I'm just going to pick my battles elsewhere. <laughs> That's what we're supposed to, to, to do in our lives. So we might as well believe for it. And you know, your battles will be, you know, overcoming temptation. Your battles will be overcoming things like pornography or the love of money or, you know, the, the battle might be that you just can't get a habit of prayer going or it might be that you're a people pleaser. Now, that's a battle. That's one I struggle with, you know, trying not to please. You know, you want to be considerate and nice and, and listen to what people have to say, but you don't want to be bound to their opinions. It's a battle we all have. So there are different battles, you know. Uh, a battle with looking good to people, wanting to wear the nicest clothes. You know, it's good to want to wear the nicest clothes without becoming a, an idol. So there are all sorts of battles we have where we want to overcome these things. And by the grace of God, we will. So Father, I want to thank you that in the same way David defeated the Philistines and you gave him victory over his enemies, that we will have victory over our enemies too. Thank you, Lord. We pray for the destruction of our enemies in Jesus' name, Lord, that all things that raise themselves up against us and against the kingdom of God will be torn down. And Lord, make us strong for the sake of Christ, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.